What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, and welcome to Dr. J's Path to Success podcast. Dr. James Fetish is a successful practice owner, best-selling author, and speaker. Listen in as he shares his secrets to a successful business and a successful life. So now, here's Dr. J. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is called Follow Up. Follow Up. So welcome to the podcast. If you're listening in real time here in April, I just had a baby boy last week, 4-12-2018, Britton James, healthy, happy, Mom's doing good, baby's doing good, toddler's doing good, little three-year-old Scarlett's adjusting pretty well, and uh, we're moving on to the next adventure in life. It's pretty exciting, cool stuff to have a baby boy in the house, but uh, just moving on, I want to talk to you about follow-up today. So a couple interesting things from our life and some event last week before the baby actually set this off as well. I want to talk you a little about follow-up in your business particularly, and also in your life in every way and shape, and I uh, just want to relay a couple stories to you from my own life that might help you kind of realize this follow-up issue in your business or in your life. So... Uh, about a, two, a week before the baby's due, my wife decides she needs a larger SUV. She has the uh, full-size Mercedes. It's three years old now. And, and you know, just decided, hey, with the second kid, we're going to need some more room. And, of course, we decide this two weeks before the baby's coming to rush around to get the new car. But long story short, her car is three years old. The Mercedes dealer is about four miles from the house. And uh, we bought the car for them three years ago. And their follow-up, I mean, I get an email from them, a phone call, a letter every you know few months, maybe six months. Do you want to trade it in? Do you want a newer car? Do you want another Mercedes? I mean, their follow-up, they're, they're all over. I mean, it's really almost been to the point where you want to call them and tell them to stop. And in my head, I'm like, this car's two years old and you're emailing me and calling me to trade it in all the time, um, you know, consistently. But they know their customers. They're doing follow-up all the time. They like said it was really to the point where it's almost annoying. And um, I was really just almost ready to unsubscribe. And I really didn't think we need a new car. My car's a year old and her car's was three. So I figured we'd keep it a little bit longer. Her car, the kids beat up a little bit. Um, so we figured, you know, I didn't really think we were in the market. But also I decided she wants a new car and wants a third row kind of bigger SUV. And Mercedes is one of the only luxury cars that really make one of those. So long story short, they've been basically bugging me nonstop for three years. And uh, we went down, looked at one and purchased a car for them. So their sales process was was probably the worst car sales I've ever had. It just... Just a bad salesman. I think a lot of things didn't, you know, just wasn't smooth, wasn't done well at all. The whole process was really bungled quite a bit. <clears throat> but, you know, the story that we're talking about follow up, they followed up with me consistently, almost to the point of annoying you over the last three years. But they ended up getting another sale of a more expensive, larger SUV because they basically bugged me every couple months uh, to upgrade or trade that car in. And had they not done that, we might have bought from another Mercedes dealer or maybe not got a Mercedes, etc. Now, that's despite messing up the sales process, they still got the sale, even though they didn't do a great job with the sales process. If they had done the follow up and had a good sales process, you know, we'd be, you know, raving fans telling everybody how great they were. You know, right now, if you asked me for the name, I'd say, yeah, I don't know if I'd refer you there because the sales process was not done well this time. But, um, you know, their follow up was really good. They followed up all the time. I said almost to the point of annoying me. Uh, but, they ended up getting the sale because of it. So I want to talk to you about a couple other stories like this as well. So we bought another house. So we moved about six months ago in November. 
And we'd only been in the house before for four years, bought a lake house, and then realized with having a second kid and a big dog that living on the lake in a, in a lake house probably wasn't ideal. We wanted some more space and the pool and all that. Um, so we moved in November, about 40 years after we bought that house, we moved. So again, well, it's an interesting story about follow-up. So we sold a pretty, you know, pretty expensive house and we got an even more expensive house uh, pretty quickly. So we use the same realtor that we used for the last transaction. We've followed up with her. She's followed up with us. She checks in with us for just, you know, being nice. How's the baby? She's brought, uh, you know, little presents for the baby stops by. She texts us. Hello. She's kept in touch with us, you know, the whole time since we bought that. We've become really friendly with her friends almost, uh, where, you know, we I think we invited her a birthday party and she stops by with presents. I said, if she sees you, she stops and says, hello, we've kept in touch with her very, very regularly. She's followed up with us. And even when we weren't friendly with her, you know, she's really good about texting her on her birthdays and all that. She's followed up with us, you know, the whole time. So when we, we sold you know, a pretty a decent priced house and bought an even more expensive house, and then my parents actually were moving from my childhood house in the same time frame. So she ended up selling our house, my parents' house that I grew up in, and us purchasing a house all within the same month. She's been doing this for 25, 30 years, and the Fetich family between the three houses made it her best month ever in like 25, 30 years as far as commission. So she got like $60,000 in commission or something like that in one month just from us. So here's a, that's a, why we want to talk about follow-up. So she's followed up, kept in touch with me. She ended up, you know, we had sold our house through her. We bought another house through her. She actually does a rental property for me as well. And then my parents need a realtor for our childhood house. I referred her to them and she sold that house pretty quickly as well. So she had her best month in 25, 30 years, all from following up with one client. So she's followed up with us consistently over the time. And I don't, she hasn't done it really as a business transaction, you know, following up as a business way. She's followed up as a, as a friend, I think. And I think she does it out of really caring, but you know, either way she's followed up with us and she had our best month ever 25 years. If we hadn't heard from her in those four years, you know, four years is a little soon to be buying a house. I think they say it's like seven years. Um, so not everybody's following through with people, but she's followed up and she had her best month in 25, 30 years because she's followed up with one client on the other end of that transaction. You know, I thought about our mortgage guy, you know, mortgage guys are always, they're always okay. You know, I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever bought a house and really like love their mortgage guy. I mean, they're always a little bit difficult to deal with. They want a lot of paperwork. They're always a bit of a pain. Part of it's just their job. They got to be a pain in the butt. So it's, uh, you know, it's never that great. So, but anyways, we bought the house four years ago. The mortgage guy was fine. I mean, we had our problems. Like every mortgage always comes down problems. The paperwork gets lost. And, you know, they're, like I said, I don't think anybody's mortgage person is perfect. If you're a mortgage person listening to this, maybe you are, but, uh, I've never, uh, never really seen perfect. And it's just the nature of the beast. You know, paperwork gets lost. Stuff happens. You know, mortgages, stuff always happens with this stuff. But anyway, so he, but he was fine. You know, he wasn't great. I wouldn't go out of my way for the last mortgage I had four years ago. You know, I wouldn't go out of my way to go find him or anything. But basically in four years, we haven't heard from him at all. He never, you know, there's no newsletter sent. There's no emails. There's no, hey, how are things going? You guys like in the house? We haven't heard a peep out of him in four years. He probably didn't think it was too soon or he just has no follow-up or who, who, who knows what the deal is. So anyways, there's another guy that's in the Chamber of Commerce. I ran into him at business network events, golf events, that kind of stuff. Nice guy. And we ended up using him. And I wouldn't say he's any better. I might even say the first guy might have done a little bit better job, to be honest with you. But I just hadn't heard from him in four years. So, you know, he didn't get that that cut of the house. And we did buy a bigger house. So it's pretty good, uh, pretty good commission, I'm sure, for him. But we just didn't hear any follow-up. So just interesting transaction with moving in, in four years. You know, the mortgage guy didn't hear Pete from in four years. We didn't use him. I had this other guy to see at events and again, know him personally a little bit. So we used him. But our realtor had followed up with us, been in touch, and she had a record month ever. So I want you to think about those stories with follow-up. I mean, then that my wife's car was not inexpensive either, and their follow-up, you know, netted them a really good sale despite having a pretty crummy salesperson on there. So this is just so how important follow-up is. And when I talk to chiropractors, acupuncturists, physical therapists, when I coach, 
you know, somebody just don't have any follow up. You know, they people come in and they just they stop coming in and they never hear from them. I don't know if you guys heard this in your business, and this will go for, again, I talk about healthcare because that's a lot of my coaching clients, but this goes you know, across all businesses, really. It's amazing how little follow-up there is in just all businesses. You know, There just needs to be so much more follow-up. So you know, if you're in healthcare, or even if you're not, you talk to friends or family, this always astounds me in the office. We we'll talk to a patient at like major spinal surgery. You know, they have like a five-level cervical fusion, which is where they screw a bunch of the bones together in the neck. And, you know, this is like a 10-hour operation. It's $80,000, $100,000 procedure, six months recovery, a year till you feel even decent. You know, less than half of the time you end up doing well. Five years later, it's about 25% of the time you're doing well. So this is like the most major thing, you know, one of the most major things. Even, you know, the recovery is worse than heart stuff, honestly, these big spine procedures with the fusions, which we won't get into the whole merits of that. But we'll have these patients come in with these huge spine surgeries, you know, a couple of years later in pain, obviously, or weakness, and they're doing therapy, whatever the case may be. They'll come in the office and you'll just be like, well, who did that surgery in your neck three years ago? Just because it's, it's nice to, you know, different doctors have different techniques. I know some of the surgeons, it's good to follow up. It's, you know, it just should be in their chart anyways. And we'll ask them all the time. You say, I can't remember the guy's name. I think he was in Morristown or I think he was in New York City. Somewhere in the city we went. Do you remember where he, what that guy's name was? And it's like, to me, it's unbelievable. Like, this guy cut you open and put 16 screws in your neck and uh, changed your life forever, good or bad, changed your life forever, and they can't remember his name. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and even not this, you know, the surgeons are most unbelievable. It's such a big deal. But you know, the same thing, open heart surgery. If a guy saved your life, who, who did your open heart surgery? I don't remember the guy's name. He's somewhere near this town or whatever. And it's just unbelievable. They don't know. We'll get the same, you know, who did physical therapy? Who did chiropractic with you last time? Yeah, I don't remember the guy. He was over here. Nice guy. And we'll even get that. People will switch, you know, come to us for chiropractic or physical therapy. And I was going down the, you know, down the street to this other guy for a while. But, you know, I decided to come here now this time that my back went out or whatever their deal is. And, you know, we get that stuff all the time. And the reason is that the other guys didn't follow up with them. So we'll get those patients all the time. They were going somewhere else for chiropractic, physical therapy. They have a new condition or whatever, and they decide to come back in, and they try us out because our friends heard us. They see our, our marketing is everywhere, whatever the story may be, um, and they decide to, to switch over to us. And yeah, so like, yeah, he was fine. He did a great job. He fixed me up last time, but you know, I decided to check you out this time. And what that is is, is poor follow-through, poor follow-up. So you need to follow up with your clients. You need to put a fence around them, gate them in, follow up with them consistently, almost to the point of really annoying them. So how do we do that? We need to follow up and be in their face all the time. And I think it was Dan Kennedy originally said, the more times you end up in their mailbox and their face during the year, the more the better off it's going to be. So you need to get your customer and keep them for life. And healthcare, a lot of times, you know, it depends what kind of practice you run, but even if you're trying to be a wellness type practice and keep you regular, even if you're a yoga studio, you know, people drop out of yoga for a year and then they come back in. People drop out of chiropractic and physical therapy for a year whatever we might be, you know, people are going to, priorities change, things change, you know, as much as you might want them to be consistent, they're going to drop out, it's just, it's inevitable, no matter what you're doing, you can't avoid it, so when they drop out, you need to be in their face or being reminded of them, so that when they decide to come back in, they come back to you, and like I said, we get patients every week like that, I would saw the guy for 15 years, but this time decided to come you, you know, what happened, he, he dropped out for a year, they didn't hear from him, and, uh, and that's it. So how do we follow up with our customers? It's so, so important to follow up. And we spend a lot of money on this, but we have a gated-in community of customers that have come to us for years, and, and it's going to be hard for them to switch because we just kind of keep this fence around them. So there are some ways you've got to follow up. You've got to be following up with your customers consistently. In my opinion, you've got to be in their mailbox 14, 15, 16 times per year at least. Like I said, there, there's a correlation. The more times you're going to hit them with mail, the more times they're, they're going to end up being customers of your 
But, uh, you know, so here's what we send a monthly newsletter, not an e-newsletter. We send a paper, physical, four-page newsletter. If you're a client, you know who we use. If you're not, email me and I can get you some information on that. We, we use a newsletter every month. If you've been in within a couple years, you get a newsletter. We mail thousands of these a month. I think 3,000 newsletters per month we mail out. And we're going to get in touch with them and mail them a newsletter. So that's 12 touches a year. You're going to get a newsletter from me unless you haven't been in a while. We send everybody a birthday card as well. They're going to get a birthday card from me. Um, every single year, they're going to get a birthday card and they're going to get a uh, notice from us. And then we have a little offering with the birthday card as well. Cute little real card folds over the whole deal. They get a birthday card for me. So they're going to get that. There's a couple other little things we won't talk about right now that we do that are just for my kind of clients. Uh, but then we also do a few postcards per year. So when you do open houses, we do certain events. We'll hear from us and there might be, you know, Thanksgiving card, a, a couple other events, so maybe four or five other mailings per year. So they're going to get mail from me. 16, 17 times per year, sometimes more, sometimes less, somewhere in that range. But you know, definitely more than once a month. You're going to get the newsletter monthly, birthday card, special announcements, a couple other things we do, special promotions. So 16, 18 times you're going to hear from me in the mail. So it's hard to forget about somebody when they're in the mailbox every month. Now, I don't think everybody reads my newsletter. I mean, probably a lot of them don't. But you know what? They see the name of the practice. They see our name in there. It reminds them of them. And six months from now, you know, their back goes out, they're going to remember us, or their friend asks them, you know, anybody know a chiropractor? And just seeing that newsletter in the mailbox every month is going to remind them that you exist, right? And that's really all we're trying to do here. So they're going to get all that. We also do a weekly email. So just use constant contact, bang out an email every week. So again, I know everybody's not going to read that. You know, if your open rates are 20%, you're doing very good, which I think ours are right around there. Well, that's just one more way to get in contact with people. So they're going to hear from us a lot. And there's other stuff. We'll do recall programs. There's special programs we won't get all into here. But we're going to hear from us a lot. We do blast calls a couple times a year. We'll call all of our patients um, through an automated system that we do. We'll, we blast calls. So they're going to hear from me at least 20 times a year, I mean, minimum. I'd probably say 24 if you really did all the math. They're going to hear from me about twice a month. Um, and then not to mention that, they're going to see my ads on YouTube, my ads on Facebook, my ads on TV. You know, they're going to see us everywhere. So people can't forget about you. But this is just a story about how important follow-up is. You have these very valuable customers. You're just like our house story. Um, you know, the realtor had our best month ever by following up with us all these years. And was worth their best month ever. And, uh, you know, the mortgage guy never followed up with us. And he lost out on whatever kind of commission that they make off a mortgage. Um, so it's just so important to follow up. I see so many business owners not following up. Chiropractors and physical therapists sometimes are the worst. You know, and physical therapy is even, uh, you know, we do that as well. And physical therapy, you know, somebody comes in for an injury, they do their sessions and they're done. You know, a lot of chiropractic patients hopefully get on maintenance once a month, but it doesn't really exist with physical therapy. They, they get better and then their prescription runs out, et cetera. It's a little different animal. Um, and then, you know, but they're going to have something else. You know, it's going to be a year, two years. That's follow-ups even more important with them. You know, the chiropractic, I know the guys say, oh, everybody should on maintenance once a month. You shouldn't have that problem. And, I, you know, of course, everybody should be on maintenance once a month. But a lot of people aren't going to do that. So you still need to follow up. But, you know, like I said, we do physical therapy. They're going to do their 12, 15, 20 sessions for whatever injury they're doing therapy for. They're back to their activity. And then, you know, there's no, they don't do PT on a regular checkup, really. So you're just waiting till the next injury. So you just want to make sure you're in their face the next time. And you never know, you know, things happen, especially physical therapy. They loved you. You did a great job. But, you know, their internal medicine doc got bought out by the hospital, which, you know, happens left and right. And then they want their docs sending to their uh, hospital-based physical therapist, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the model everywhere. So, you know, they go back to their doc for an, another injury. They did one knee with you last year. They want to do the other knee. Let's just say, for example, but the doc got bought out by the hospital last year. He says, you know what, we're, we're sending everybody to the hospital physical therapist now. And you might lost that customer for life right there. But if you'd been getting a newsletter every month and they send you a birthday card two months ago and all this other contact, you know, it's pretty easy for the patient to say, you know what, these guys took good care of me last time. I want to go back there. 
and they'll come back, right? So a lot of you are not following up your customers. You know, I want you to do this. So I want you to spend a little bit of money on it. You know, I know the email newsletters are great and all that, but again, if you're lucky, it's 20% open rate. You're probably not getting that if you don't know what you're doing. And even if you do, it's hard. Um, so paper stuff is still best. Birthday cards, postcards, paper. I still really like a paper newsletter. We have a company that does like 90% of it for our clients. They do most of the work. Uh, of doing the newsletter, they mail it, do all that. You really just got to give them some information for the one page. The three pages are good health info, and then the last page is just your info. So, talk a little bit more about that another time. But it's just really important to follow up. So, I want you to make a follow up plan. This isn't just willy nilly. Let's do a recall once in a while. Let's do this. It needs to be a consistent plan. They get a newsletter every month. They get a birthday card for me. They get a uh, Christmas card. They get a Thanksgiving card. They get recalls. They get this. You need to have a plan of keeping in touch with these people. You know, again, I gave you some of our plan right there. They're getting the newsletter. They're getting a birthday card. Some other stuff I said we do. We get the blast call twice a year. We get an email once a week. So we're following up with these people consistently, and it's hard to forget about me. Uh, so they're going to hear about our office all the time. So it's really important that you follow up. Keep your customers. You know, we want to be sexy and get new customers all the time, but keep the ones you got. It's much better to keep them. It's much easier to have a patient come back in for treatment again after all the patients. So hope you think about these stories and hope you institute some more follow-up in your practice. Take a look at our website and tell us if anything else you'd like to hear about. Thanks for listening to Dr. J's Path to Success podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. For information, please visit drjamesfetish.com. Dr. James R. Fetish Clinic Director at Village Family Clinic. His book, Secrets of a Million Dollar Clinic, is available on Amazon and online at HackettstownFamilyClinic.com or DrJamesFetish.com, www.drjamesfetich.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>